0: Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel, a channel focused on helping you establish a biblical philosophy of life that will empower you to reach your full God-given potential. For more information about our church, visit elevate.life. Enjoy this episode. So glad you're here and uh, just remain standing for a minute. I'm actually officially on sabbatical, and uh, I was not going to be preaching this weekend. In fact, we'd prepared a great video message for you. And, uh, I flew in to be a part of our grow day with our masterminds and coaches and people that I have the privilege of coaching. We had an amazing day, hundreds of people gathered. Uh, and I decided, you know what? I love our church so much. And I love this message that I'm going to preach so much. I'm going to do it live. So anyway, I'm here. We're going to have fun today. It's going to be great. Thank you for being here. Thank you for for staycationing with us, and those of you that are watching from around the world, thank you for joining us. Let's make some declarations together, can we? We put our hand over our heart because we speak from our heart. And we just say some things that we, we declare because we believe that your life will follow your mouth. Come on, so say this with me. I declare that I'm created in the image of God. I am blessed to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take dominion. I declare that 2022 is my year of promise for me, my family, my finances, and my future. I declare according to 2 Corinthians 1.20 that all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him amen. Give me a loud yes and amen. Yes and amen. Today, I open up my mind to receive the promises of God. Stop right there just a second. How how many of y'all just believe out of those 7,487 promises, maybe one or two of them are for you? Come on. Do you believe that? So I open up my mind to receive the promises of God so I can think like God. Be like God and do life the way God intended for me to live. Let's lift up our hands together. Come, Holy Spirit. Help me to elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name. Come on, y'all. So glad you're here. Give somebody an elbow bump, fish bump, hug, something. Tell them you're glad that they're here. And uh, it's just, it's an honor to... Be with you today, an honor to have you in the room, an honor to have you watching and being online with us, Barb, Iowa, Frank, California, Glade Family, Marysville. Uh, so just, uh, just so glad for everybody that's watching. we got, also got watch parties that are going on. Uh, well, today's going to be a wonderful, wonderful day. And it already is a wonderful day because I get to be with y'all. So y'all look beautiful, y'all look good. Look at somebody and say, I'm just so blessed that you're sitting next to me. Come on, how about that? You don't even know, proximity is everything, right? Well, I just wanna, uh, again, I just wanna say, uh, just so great, so great to see you. And uh, I'm very excited about this message today because it's prophetic and this is the last day of July. Tomorrow starts August. You say, what does that mean? Not just that it'll get hotter, but here's what August means. It's the eighth month of the year. Eight in Scripture is new beginnings. So, tomorrow, bam, come on, y'all, new beginnings. Just say that out loud. New beginnings for me, come on. So, I had something really interesting that happened a few years ago, and I wanted to share it with you. Uh, I was in my home here in Frisco. And a number came up on my phone that I don't recognize. And I have a private number, so a lot of people don't have my number. I'm not on any kind of robo whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so when somebody calls that I don't know, um, it's not that I don't pick it up. I go, somehow this person has my number, and I just never know. Uh, and so, anyway, I decided to answer it. And on the other end of the phone was a man who said, um, Hello, Pastor Keith. And this conversation is something like this. Um, you don't know me, but I'm your brother. It was some kind of Christian song he was singing to me about that. But anyway, he said, You don't know me, but I know you. I know of you. I know about you. And, uh, and I said, Well, who are you? He told me his name. First time a billionaire had ever called me. And so I knew who he was. And he said, uh, He said, The reason I'm calling you is because he said, as I've observed through the years, he said, you teach kingdom and you teach about finances in the kingdom and doing money God's way like nobody that I've ever heard. And he said, so I've got a little yacht and I want you to come down to Fort Lauderdale and I would just like to ask you if you'd be willing. He said, I want to bring some of my millionaire friends and multi-millionaire friends who want to be billionaires. He said, but I don't want them just to make more money. I want them to know why they're making money. I want them to focus their money on the kingdom. And he said, I, I, I just want to invite you to pour into us and we're literally going to sit at your feet and we're going to learn. And uh, he said, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go from from Fort Lauderdale and we're going to go down to Key West. And um, and so, uh, Mitch, was it, is it Key West or Siesta Key? Just down there, it's, it's like Key West. And, uh, and so he said, it's about a three-hour tour. Anyway, he said, it's about, it's about a three-hour yacht ride. And he said, it's going to be fantastic. We're going to have so much fun. And he said, I just wanted to know what you would charge me to come and do that. Now, listen, in most people's minds, my fee is pretty high. I mean, if I go speak, it starts for an hour at 20000 So if I go speak at a corporate event, something like that, it depends on the event, but that's where it starts. But I thought, you know what? I'm talking to a billionaire. He don't think small like that. <laughs> so I literally thought that. So I thought, I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to leave this up to him. So I said, you know what? Uh, I want you to know it's not going to cost you anything except what you're willing to invest that's how a lot of people see their money. What's it going to cost me? And so, which is part of the reason they never invest in themselves, because they see it as a cost. No, let me tell you something. You're your best investment. The only person, for real, that I've never lost money with is me. I've made a lot of money. I'm going to make more money. How about y'all? Come on. And, and guess what? I was a businessman before I ever started this church. Some of y'all don't know that, but I was. And Pastor Sheila and I, before we were ever pastors, we were millionaires, So anyway, we we were doing good, and then we felt like God wanted to start this church. Like, I'm crazy, right? Like, I'm crazy. But that's okay. Because I knew I would be dealing, oftentimes, in the Christian world and in the church, small-minded people. For real. For real. Like, they they come into the kingdom, and they're just small-minded. And so I thought, wow, what a challenge. God, you're giving me a challenge to expand the thinking in the kingdom of God. So I answered that call. And we've been doing it now for 22 years, and when you elevate your thinking, come on, y'all help me out, you elevate your life. And so we really do We really do believe that. But what I've grown up in church, so I've been around a lot of small-minded thinking. A lot of people just broke and happy to be broke, it seems like, believing God to do something for themselves that they won't do for themselves. Wanting God to bless them, but then not putting God first, not being a good steward, not being generous. Again, small-minded, poverty mindset. Doesn't matter if you know God or not, it's your mindset that will cause your map set. And so in my mind, I said, I'm going to leave that investment up to you, what you'd like to do, which was a wise decision that I made, by the way, I'll just say. And, uh, and so he said, so you'd be willing to do it. I said, I'd I'd be honored to do it. So he said, he goes, I want to be clear. We're going to have fun, but I just want you to come teach us about the kingdom. I said, I'm, I'm, I got it. I got it. So I went down to Fort Lauderdale. We got on this and Mitch Edlin over here went with me and, um, and we, we got on this yacht, we were all talking, I met all the guys. And then, um, about 10 minutes from the dock, they literally all sat on the floor. When he said, we're gonna sit at your feet and learn, they didn't sit on the couch, we were in a yacht, y'all. It was very nice, plenty of room, and they sat on the floor, opened up their notebooks and said, we're ready. Let's go. I said, let's go. So here's what I did for the next two hours. I poured into them. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to go into all that I poured into them. Hey, by the way, if that makes you feel bad, I hope you feel bad. Uh, I, I want you to feel bad because guess what? God wants you to know whatever it is that's in your heart, it can happen. Come on, y'all. It can happen. Whatever's in your heart, it can happen. Don't be, don't be mad at rich people because they're rich and you're not. Don't be mad at people that made it because you didn't. Don't blame anybody from where you are. Don't think, well, they're privileged and I'm not. If you're a child of God, that means he's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. You know what real privilege is? It's called kingdom kid privilege. If you're a part of the kingdom, I need to get me a shirt that says kingdom. Yes, I am privileged. I'm kingdom privileged because I am. The most privileged people are people that are in the kingdom and people that have the privilege of being raised in a two-parent home. Those are the most privileged people on the planet. If you've got two parents that love you and nurture you and pour into you. Anyway, I'll stop. But I began to teach and open up the Word of God. And I'm just going to give you a quick preview because I know today we've only got two and a half hours. I had two hours with them. We've only got (laughs) two, two and a half hours. But, uh, but just for a minute, just pretend that you paid me $20,000 to speak to you today. So just pretend that for a minute. You, you personally did that. How would it change the way you listen? Rather they coming and folding your arms and go, I'm, I'm just here for church. I just want to feel Jesus. I just want to, God says, I want you to feel me, but I want you to change you. That's right. That's good. A lot of people want to feel God, but some people don't feel God because they're not willing to do what God tells them to do. So I, 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 uh. Here's what I did. I opened up the Word of God, and here's what I read. Revelations 1, verse 4. Grace to you, power of God to do God things, that things God's way. That's what grace means. So it's, it starts, by the way, verse 1 of Revelation 1, starts with the revelation of Jesus Christ. So you've got 66 books in the Bible all up to this point. Now we're at Revelation. We're at 66. And it starts by saying the revelation of Jesus Christ. We've heard about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We've, in the Old Testament, the New Testament is concealed. In the New Testament, the Old Testament is, is revealed. Now, all of a sudden, we get to the end, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him, Jesus, to show his servants. How many of you are servants of Jesus? Let me just see your hands. This revelation is for you. To show his servants the things which must shortly take place. How, how let me ask you a question: How long does it take you to respond to a word that God gives you? Well, I'm just not ready for that. I'm not. See, some of y'all have been in church for a long time, and you're even up and down on your giving. Like you're, you're not putting God first. Like, how long does it take? Like God wants, God, when God says something, it can happen like right now. I said it can happen right now. There's just this thing called, in fact, it's it's 331 times, not 365 times, 365 times fear not is mentioned in Scripture. So that's a good one. But 331 times in the Bible is if you are willing and obedient. So one almost for every day. Are you willing? Are you obedient? Because a lot of people aren't. They're just living life their way. And they have a very hard time trusting God because they have trust issues. So grace, power of God to do things God's way and peace. That's in the Greek, arene, which means prosperity. Hey, that means grace to you. If you do your life God's way, If if God gives you the power to do your marriage God's way, if God gives you the power to do your finances God's way, if God gives you the power to do your business God's way, if God gives you the power to think God's way, to be God's way, to do God's way, watch what it says. The first thing that happens is prosperity. Hmm. God begins to prosper you. So grace to you and peace from him who is and was and is to come and from the seven spirits who are before the throne of God. I, could just, I don't have time today to teach on that, but it's very powerful. Jesus embodies seven spirits that you find in Isaiah, the second chapter. I don't have time to go into it, but it's a spirit of perfection, spirit of wisdom, spirit of counsel, spirit of might. So, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness and the firstborn from the dead... That means if he rose from the dead, so are you going to. And here's some good news and some bad news. First, the good news. Ruler over the kings of the earth. Now, really hear me. The revelation of Jesus is he didn't say I'm ruler over people who believe in me. There's a lot of people who believe Jesus, but he doesn't rule their life. They have not aligned the rules in their life against his rules. So it says, to him who was, to him who, who was the firstborn among the dead, to him who, who, who is the apocalypsos Christos in the Greek, that means he is the revelation of God, incarnate. To him who is
1: the ruler
0: of the kings of the earth, You see, the good news is he's the ruler of the kings of the earth. But because you're a believer doesn't mean he's your ruler. Because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean he's your ruler. A lot of people's paradigm, Michelle, about Christianity is they just want to do more good than they do bad. Maybe the blessing of God will come on their life. They don't realize it's their job to transform themselves. You see, God draws you to himself. Then he says, you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And oh, by the way, don't be conformed to this world. A lot of believers are just conformed to this world. That's why they look at culture and they take up cultures, whatever culture is concerned with. Then you got pastors and believers rolled into that. And whatever culture is saying matters is what comes from the pulpit. And then whatever gets canceled in culture, it affects the church. And God has called the church not be, to be peripheral to the world, but for the world to be peripheral to the church. We are the ones that drive culture with kingdom culture. We're not going to bow to culture. We're not gonna bow to LBGTQ. We're not gonna bow to to all the 82 genders that there are and whatever else they make up from time to time. We're not gonna bow to political ideologies. We're not gonna bow to issues that are in culture. We're gonna preach kingdom culture. That's what we're gonna do. We're not gonna go along with it. Well, yeah, we should. And so a lot of people don't realize that and they don't realize the difference even in our church and other churches. That's because in a lot of churches, you've got preachers who are preachers and teachers, but they're not leaders. I'm called to lead. I'm not just called to teach or preach the word of God. And I don't minimize that, but I'm just telling you, I'm not just called to teach or preach the word of God. I'm called to, as a spiritual leader to lead people to places they've never been for the glory of God. That's the difference. By the way, Larry, it's Suzanne Holland, good to see you. I love y'all. Larry, stand up. Larry, that guy right there. Go ahead and stand up, Larry. That guy right there helped us start our church. He was our first official business administrator. Now he helps churches all over America administrate their business. I'll never forget that, Larry. Thank you for what you did for us. We love you. His precious daughter and son-in-law are sitting right next to him. And Michelle taught our children in high school and now she leads our LPS along with uh, Stacy and many of you. She was yelling at me like I don't know people's names. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Anyway, thank you, Michelle. So, Michelle, have, have they identified what your role is now? Is it leadership development? What is it? Chief academic corrector? Chief, Chief academic corrector? Oh, director. Okay. (laughs) She's responsible. Watch this for LPS, Leadership Prep School, which we started. That's a public school. That's a charter school. She's responsible with leadership development, helping them and helping teachers to get to not just be teachers, but to be leaders. So anyway, that was just a side note. So, So now watch this. You are a son and daughter of the Most High God. Now, now, Jesus came as the King of Kings. And part of what I've been trying to do for 22 years at this church is to help every man and every woman know, first of all, that you are a son and daughter of the Most High God, but you're not a peasant. You're a king and queen in his kingdom. And some of you don't know how to roll like a king. You don't know how to roll like a queen. And so this is part of what God's put on me to help people understand the kingdom of God. Where do I get that from? Well, here's the insight. Here's the revelation. He's ruler of the kings of the earth. He's not ruler of the Christians of the earth. He's not ruler of the believers. He's ruler of the kings of the earth. And then it goes on. To him who loved us. Now, all believers get this. If you believe in Jesus, he loves like we. We got to help people understand that they are loved by God. That no matter what you do, there's no height, no depth, no angels, no principalities, no no spiritual wickedness, no no, no, nothing past, nothing present that can keep you from the love of God. He loves you unconditionally. But watch this. It doesn't stop there. He loved you. So the kingdom of God, first of all, is to us. He, He loves us. So he loves us. So the kingdom is to us. And then the next thing is he washed us. He, he washed us from our sins in his own blood. So the kingdom of God is in us. So most Christians, that's kind of where it stops for them. Well, I've been forgiven. And yeah, I'm just trying to do more right than good. And I still struggle with some stuff, you know, like everybody. And, but they're not ruling and reigning as kings and queens. This next thing. To him who loved us, who washed us from our sins in his own precious blood, Here's, here's the kicker, and made us. So the kingdom of God is to us. The kingdom of God is in us. He washes us. But watch this. The kingdom of God is supposed to be through us. He made us to be kings and priests. To him be dominion and glory forever. Now, that's all I'm gonna tell y'all that I taught for two hours. But that's what I begin to teach them, that you're kings in the earth. You're not just a millionaire. You're not just a multimillionaire. It's not just about money. It's not just about billions. It's about your life in the kingdom and how God wants to use your gifts and your talents and your competencies. And yes, as you get older, and yes, as your life proves, you get mastery in certain areas. That's why I coach people. At 62, I want to coach people into life mastery. I want to help them. These are things that I think you should have mastery in and that I can help you get there. I can help fast track you in that. That's, that's a passion that God's given me. That's why I've done it. I did that way before I started our church. It's been on me for a long time, but now it's 62. It's some of my best and highest use, which I try to help people like reach their best and highest use, be able to operate in their best and highest use, be able to be monetized for their best and highest use. Most people who started with me, for instance, in masterminds in 08 are doing completely different things than they were doing in 08, or they've added a bunch of different things. And so it's very powerful. But again, as I begin to teach this to these guys, all of a sudden we're about two hours in, they stopped the yacht the back of it opens, and the toys come out. The yacht berth toys into the ocean. We jumped on those toys. We started having fun. It was amazing. And then my billionaire friend said, we got about an hour to go, but we just wanted to stop and have a little fun. And then we got off the toys. For the next hour, I kept teaching. Same thing. They were like this. Oh, man. Oh, never heard anything like this. Oh, yeah. Okay, bu- bu-. We get there, y'all. And I was so excited. I was like, man, Jesus taught on a boat. and Now I'm teaching on a boat. This is amazing. It was awesome, y'all. And the guy comes up to me and he says, hey, now the next thing we're going to do, this right before we get there. We're going to a museum. Now listen, I, y'all know my son is Josh. By the way, next time you see Josh, he's gonna have hair. It's amazing, y'all, I'm just telling you. The reason he's not here today is because he had a hair transplant. It's unbelievable. He didn't wanna do it. His mother wanted him to do it. His wife was, I don't know if she'd have stayed with him if he hadn't have done it. Anyway, it's like, look, like, she cares so much about hair. Like Josh asked her, he said, Would you rather me just like be really just out of shape, 500 pounds and have hair, or kind of be like I am with no hair? She goes, I don't care what that is. I just need some hair on top of that. (laughs) So anyway, I guess some people hair matters. I think some people look really good bald. I personally didn't think I would, but I think some people do It really do. So here's the thing. When you see Josh, y'all just, when he comes out next week and you see He'll look like a Chia Pet. But but when you see him, just go, he's growing new hair. It's amazing. Anyway, so, so why was I saying that? Huh? The museum. Okay. So Josh, sorry. So Josh, Josh loves museums. Some of the, Not so great days of my life, King James. Where when I would take Josh to Washington, D.C., where he's looking at everything. Can we go to the Smithsonian? Well, of course, son. No, like, I mean, all day. He's like, eight. Okay. We went through one Smithsonian. I didn't know there was more. He goes, there's more. Anyway, he loves museums. I'm not, I'm just, I have an appreciation for museums. But I like, I'm in Florida. Is there a sea do? I'm on a yacht. And so I told the guy, I go, why would we go to a museum uh, when we have all this? And plus our wives aren't with us. Let's just have some fun. He goes, no, that's one of the reasons I brought you here because I, I think you're supposed to see this. I said, okay. So we go to this museum. I walk through the door. I come around the corner, and I see this. Today's the day. Now, I was still dyeing my hair back then. But I see this. Today's the day. And Mitch was with me. I said, Mitch, take a picture. Because immediately, once I saw that the Holy Spirit came on me, it was like, bam, a prophetic anointing came on me. I said, man, I don't know what's going on right now. I said, but I just need this room. It was a small room, but it had a screen. And I said, I just need this room. And all of a sudden, here's what I saw that came on the screen, watch this.
1: On any given day, ships plying the Straits of Florida carry cargo worth a mere fraction of the treasure that sank beneath the waves. Scattered across the seabed are the wrecks of thousands of Spanish galleons and an untold fortune in gold. There is a continuing hunt for treasure, particularly in the Caribbean but elsewhere, for the wreckage of some of those ships where there, are, there will be gold coins and possibly gold bars on those ships. The great Florida treasure hunt was inspired by the greatest treasure tale of all time, Treasure Island. A book that left its mark on an Indiana boy named Mel Fisher.
2: He was interested in treasure hunting all his life, even from a little, when he was a little kid. And it was just something he always dreamed about doing and wanted to do.
1: When Mel grew up and moved to the golden state of California, he went prospecting.
2: He had a dive shop out in California, and he used to save all his money and go treasure hunting for a hobby. And then his hobby, the vacation, treasure hunting kept getting longer and longer, and finally, In the early 60s, he decided to go full-time treasure hunting.
1: with a metal detector called a magnetometer. It can pick up a cannon, an anchor, or gold.
2: On a 360th day, five days before their deal was up, they dug a hole and it was full of gold doubloons.
1: That day, they brought up $50,000 worth of gold. Fisher was hooked. Two years later, he began combing the Florida Keys for an even greater prize the Spanish galleon Atosha, flagship of a 17th century treasure fleet
2: bound for Spain. They would gather up treasure from South America, Central America, and North America, and they would take it on smaller fleets to Havana, Cuba. That was like their hub. And there, all the ships would meet up and they would form a large fleet and sail back to Spain, taking this tremendous flow of wealth. This flow of wealth continued for over 300 years.
1: Scores of treasure ships fell prey to swashbuckling privateers like Sir Francis Drake and Sir Walter Raleigh. It was those gold coins that Drake and Raleigh and the other people were in pursuit of 400 years ago. But the greatest threat to the treasure fleets wasn't marauding pirates, it was weather. When the Atosha set sail in August of 1622, hurricane season had already begun.
2: One day after they left Havana, they got caught in a hurricane, and the Admiral ordered the fleet to sail west, thinking that they could sail out past the Florida Keys and ride out the storm in the Gulf of Mexico. And the fleets, the the ships that followed the Admiral, all sank and perished. And the ships that disobeyed the Admiral all survived.
1: More than 500 souls perished in the storm. Among the doomed ships was the one with the most gold, the Atosha. Each of these shipments of gold from South America to Spain, they were all big, big shipments with large quantities of gold relative to the amount that was available in the world. And if for some reason
2: they didn't arrive, armies would not get paid, armies would not get fed. Uh, It was extremely important to Spain. There had not been a shipment of treasure to Spain for four years, and the king desperately needed this money to keep control of Europe. And when the Atocha sank, it was a devastating blow to the economy.
1: In 1970, Mel Fisher set out to find the Atocha.
2: Well, he read about the Atocha in uh, Potter's Treasure Diver's Guide, and it had four stars next to it, meaning it had a lot of treasure on it. We knew there was 47 tons of gold and silver out there waiting for us. And then the research told us where it was. Approximately, but it gave us a starting point.
1: The starting point was the Upper Florida Keys, but the search led nowhere. Four years later, the pivotal clue emerged across the Atlantic among dusty archives in Seville a researcher scouring old salvage records discovered Fisher was looking in the wrong place.
2: He spent three years looking up in the upper Florida Keys and the a uh, 100 miles in the wrong direction. It turned out that uh, Potter had some bad research.
1: Fisher shifted his base to Key West and started over. Long on hope and short on money, He herded his family onto a leaky houseboat. He battled bill collectors and rival salvagers. He sold off minor treasures he'd found to keep searching for the treasure that eluded him. Yet Fisher never lost faith. Each morning he announced to his crew, today's the day. For 16 years, Fisher relentlessly pursued the Atosha, a search that would exact a terrible price.
2: In 1975, one of the salvage boats capsized, and my brother and his wife and another diver were trapped inside and drowned. And uh, you know, we thought about giving it up. But then we decided that Dirk would want us to continue. And it actually increased our determination. We were going to find it for Dirk. And it was 10 years to the day from the accident that we found it. So I kind of think he was up there helping us, you know?
1: On July 19th, 1985, as always, Mel Fisher announced, today's the day. Using magnetometers and sonar, his sons Kim and Kane spent the day scouring the seabed for signs of the Atosha. That afternoon, Kane announced he'd found something.
2: He called me on the radio and said that this one hit we had marked had barrel hoops sticking up out of the mud. The barrel hoops are the metal straps that hold the water barrels together. And so that, that was very exciting. As the sun began to set,
1: Kane Fisher went back down for a
2: closer look. And he dug a hole, and the hole was full of barrel hoops and pieces of eight, like the, the silver coin I'm wearing, and copper ingots. There was 20 tons of copper on board the Atocha. So it started getting pretty exciting. And we moved the boat a little bit and dug another hole, and there was less stuff. And we moved again, and there was less stuff. And uh, so we're starting to wonder if it was just another tease, you know? We'd would been teased several times by the Atocha.
1: As night fell, the brothers were forced to stop searching. The next morning, they moved the boat again and dug another hole. This time, they hit the mother load.
2: The first reaction was, now what do I do? Because I'd spent most of my life looking for this one wreck and now all of a sudden there it was. Well, that didn't last too long because finding it was hard, but once you find it, then the work really starts.
1: In all, the fishers retrieved, cleaned, and catalogued a quarter of a million artifacts, silver bars, gold ingots, and yards of gold chain The value of the Atocha's cargo is estimated at half a billion dollars. It made Mel Fisher the richest treasure hunter in the world
2: and made governments greedy. The state of Florida and the federal government both claimed ownership to the Atocha. And my father offered them 35% and they said no, they wanted it all. So we went to court for eight years and it went all the way to the United States Supreme Court and they said finders keepers, so we got it all.
1: Mel Fisher went back to sea in search of more treasure. In 1998, at age 76, he died of cancer.
2: Dad was a treasure hunter uh, you know, from the day one and he did it till the day he died and he died a happy man. I can't think of anything else I'd rather do uh, I'll, I'll be doing this until I die.
0: So I'm sitting there, and I'm watching this, what I just showed you. That's why it was so rough. But I'm, I'm, I'm watching it. The Holy Spirit is speaking to me, and he gave me this prophetic poem. I'm going to read this, and this is for you. This is for you Today. When I wrote this, I had tears in my eyes. I was just, I I don't normally like shake, but I was so, like God was speaking so deeply to my spirit that he gave me these words. And on July 31st, 2022, it's for you. Here it is. Today's the day God has ordained for you. Old things are passed away Behold, all things will be made new. Today's a reminder that yesterday is gone and tomorrow is out of sight. Today's the day where all wrongs will be made right. Today's the day to start again. Today's the day that you will win. No matter how many times that you've lost in the past, God has a future for you that is bright and vast. It's time to look forward and go in the direction of your dreams. To do the impossible, no matter how hard it seems. Today's the day to keep doing what you know to do. Draw close to God, and he will draw close to you. Disappointments, rejection, fear, and a broken heart. God is going to use all those real life things to give you a brand new start. Today's the day to believe you can do all things through Christ, who empowers you to fulfill his plan. Don't look to your left, don't look to your right. Today walk by faith and don't be distracted by sight. Today's the day for your dreams to come true. Say it, believe it. It's your father's good pleasure to give his kingdom to you. I want you right now, right now, right now, I want you to say with me, today's the day. Come on, today's the day. Come on, get it out of your spirit. Say it, say today's the day. Say it again like you mean it. Today's the day. Say it again, come on. Today's the day. Now some of you have no idea what this means. Someday I might be able to report to you about what's already happened in my life on this day. It's beyond my dreams. Just today, I told Sheila, I was getting ready in our barn. That's where we live, It's a barn. And I was getting ready in the closet that we built in the barn. And she was in the bathroom getting dressed. And I said, I'm gonna count to three, Sheila. When I count to three, I want you to say it with me. Say today's the day. She goes, okay. I said, one two three and she said today's the day i want to ask you a question they have no idea you already know when we got to the church is today the day Yes. that we've been believing for months something would happen and it happened today it happened today i don't know what you're believing god for is anybody here believing God for something? Is there something you're believing? Because if you're not believing, believing God for something, you're living too small. If you're not believing for something that, God, that without God it would be impossible, it's too small. So I want to ask you a question. How many of you are believing God for something? Come on, that's going to take God for it to happen. So why don't you just with your hands raised above your thinking, you're now into the atmosphere of God. Your hands are lifted up. Why don't you just one more time say, today's the day. Come on, just say it. Today's the day. You're prophesying to yourself. Come on. Today's the day. Now I want you to go ahead and be seated. I've got the shirt on. We've got these shirts in the lobby. It's got it on the back. I wear it. I want you to wear it in your spirit from this day forward. And whatever you're believing God for, every day until it happens, today's the day. You know what I'm happy to tell you? I announced this morning, today was the day, dot, dot, dot. And now I can say, just a few hours later, it was the day, it was the day. Some of you before the end of this day You're going to say, it was the day. It was the day. How do you make today's the day? A couple of things I want to give you. Get focused on what you want. Get focused on what you want. Let me tell you a couple of revelations I've had about want. When I coach people, I teach them about big wants. Let's get your big wants. Let's, let's. Let's really identify what your big wants are. You can't believe how tough this is for some people. It's like, well, especially the more spiritual they are. Well, I don't really want anything. I want what the Lord wants. Listen, I'm talking to you. Because that's what we were taught in church. Well, just want what the Lord wants. Let me tell you what the Lord says. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Let me say that a different way. Delight yourself in the Lord. In other words, live your life according to God's kingdom. And whatever you want, he'll make it come to pass. Are you married? Not yet. I know you. What kind of man do you want? You think, you think God might be bringing the kind of man that you want? In your, you think God can do that? Like, can God bring you the man? Can God bring you the woman? Can God bring you the business? Can God bring you the people? Can God bring you the dreams? Can, come on, y'all. Can God do it? But watch this. You've got to get focused on what you want. For 16 years, Mel Fisher would stand up and say, today's the day. Today's the day. He had six people. You saw the picture that started with him. Five actually, including him. Five days before the year was up on day 360, you heard his son, Kim, talk about it. On day 360, God gave him a picture. $50,000 worth of gold. Oh, by the way, gold back then, you can look it up. It was worth about $300 an ounce. Today, it's at $1,800 an ounce. So they, you can do the math. But they found $50,000 in gold, and five days later, all five people split it. And they were done, because they gave it a year, y'all. Like they gave it a year, it just wasn't happening. But not Mel, not Dio's wife, not his family. Let's keep on. For the next nine years, nothing happened. Every day they went out. Mel Fisher ended up selling his house. He sold everything, why? Because he was focused on what he wanted. And every day he would say, today's the day. Today's the day. I can imagine people around him, even his family, going, today's the day. Say it. Today's the day. No, say it like you mean it. Okay, Dad, today's the day. But we hadn't seen it. It's been 10 years. But also at the 10-year mark, his son was killed and his wife. Because after he sold his house, they were all living on this just rickety barge, chasing their dream. And overnight, it got filled with water and it sank and everybody got out except his son and his daughter. It capsized on him. At that point, they said, should we give up? It's just too costly. And then they decided, like you heard Kim say, Mel's son, I think he would want us to continue. And they continued. Mark Twain said this, 22 years from now, or 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you did not do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bowel lines. Sail away from the safe harbor. The truth is some of you have been playing too safe because the truth is you don't trust God. Sail away from the safe harbor. Catch the trade winds in yourselves. Explore, dream, discover. How do you get focused on what you want? I talk about what matters most a lot, but I wanna give you two things. First of all, you have to know what matters most to you. What matters most to you? You know what I can tell you about Mel Fisher? What he did like me, he wanted to do with his family. And I'm sure as the leader of the family, he had to keep talking him into it. We're gonna find it, today's the day. Okay, dad. Like we are broke. This like isn't working. And that's part of what's tough about leadership is when you have this vision, when you have this dream, you've got to bring people along with you. So you've got to know what matters most. We talk a lot about it around here, core values. It's one of the first things that I teach people in masterminds and personal coaching. It's like, decide what matters most to you, why? So you can live a life that most matters. But another most matters is the who's in your life. Not just the what, what matters most, but the who matters most. Like who matters most in your life? One of the revelations of this house is alignments are more important than your assignments. Especially when you're young, you're chasing the money, you're chasing the job, you're chasing the career, you're chasing your dreams. people go through life and they're not looking at who they're doing life with and valuing that, but they're looking at what am I gonna do next? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And they sacrifice the who's in their life for what they, what they seemingly really want. But what they really do is they lose what they really want. So when you're focused on what you really want, you've got to align your what matters most and your who matters most with that want. Because your alignments, the people, the who's in your life will determine whether your life goes up or down. The who's in your life will determine whether your life goes forward or goes backwards. The who's in your life will determine whether you succeed or fail ultimately. The who's in your life will determine your HQ, your happiness quotient, or your SQ, your sadness quotient. You see, your alignments are so important. Why? Because they either lead you to your dreams or your alignments cause you to be disillusioned and you start to believe I can never have what it is that I want. Your alignments are so, so important. You can't help the family you're born into, but welcome to Elevate Life Church, our tribe, your family of choice. You can can decide who I'm going to go through life with. After 10 years, they'd lost their son They'd lost their daughter in love. Mel turns to his wife, Dio, one day and says, we need to go to church. Everybody say alignment. We we, we need, we need to go to church. She said, I think you're right. So I'm gonna read from the book. It's called Dreamweaver, page 165. As Mel and Dio... Stepped into the new church that had just started in Vero Beach, Florida. They were standing at the donut table, drinking a cup of coffee, when a tall, friendly man walked up to them and said, Hello, my name is Gene. What's your name? My name is Mel. This is my wife, Dio. What do you do, Mel? Mel kind of hung his head and he said, almost embarrassed now. I'm a treasure hunter. He said, how's that going? Mel and Dio looked at each other and said, not, not very good, but we still believe today's the day. What are you looking for? Gene asked, we're looking for this Spanish galleon ship called the Atosha. He goes on and he tells the story. He says, we, we have all kinds of books about it, but it's written in older Spanish archaic script. And we've been doing this for about a year and we cannot seem to interpret what these Spanish books are saying about this shipwreck we're looking for. Gene looked at Mel and Dio and said, well, actually, my name is Dr. Eugene Lyons. I'm a professor at the University of Florida, and I just happened to speak and teach archaic Spanish literature their first day in church see some of you have no idea what being in our church is about you have no idea this isn't a bar this isn't your job this is not your bank This is your family of choice where God will align you with the right people, in the right place, at the right time, so the right things can happen in your life. I'm reading from the book. Within minutes. Didn't say they stayed for the service. By the way, that's what happens with a lot of people. It freaks me out. People meet their wives in our church and they go, you know, I think we'll go to another church. Have you lost your mind? You met your spouse. Why would you ever leave a place where you met your spouse? That's my son in love laughing over there, Clay, because he's seen it over and over since he was young. So many people hop in and out of alignments because they don't understand. Who are the who's in my life that matter most? And when you get that revelation, God will put you in a house like this and it will take you to places you thought you could never go. Within minutes, Mel and Gene were sitting in the front room of his house and he had a stack of old Spanish shipwreck books in front of him. There was a glint in Gene's eyes as he picked them up and very easily began reading them. The more he read, the more he became interested. This is his words, not mine. My gosh. My mother always taught me that was a byword. You say, what's that? If you say my gosh, you'll end up saying my God. I remember one day I go, my gosh. My mother goes, I'm going to wash your mouth. That with soap right now. You just said my gosh. I said, what is wrong with that? She brought me to the dictionary. My gosh leads to my God. Oh, okay. Anyway, so he says, my gosh. Sorry, mom. I know she's probably watching. <laughs> I can't believe how many tons of gold and silver were on these ships. The night wore on. In fact, it turned into the next morning. Page after page was filled with old accounts of shipwrecks sunken in many parts of the Spanish uh, overseas empire. Jean mentioned, Dr. Eugene, Mentioned to Mel that he would be traveling to Seville, Spain on research for another doctorate that he was getting. And he goes, I'll find those maps. Fast forward to page, this is 165, 227. From Seville, Dr. Eugene obtained the complete copy of the Atosha and Margarita Manifest. He read the Atosha carried 901 red sheet, all the gold and the silver. In other words, he was able to read everything that was on that ship. And he contacted, but the main thing that he found out was not just what was on the ship, but that they were 100 miles off course. And he said, I'm studying the, the trajectory, if you will, of these ships. And I think it may have happened about right here. That's where you need to go. Immediately, they shifted directions to make a long story short. I want you to really hear this. If Mel and his wife had not gone to church, if Mel and his wife had not met met Dr. Eugene Lyons at church, Mel and Dio would not be the richest treasure hunters in the history of the world what is it that god has for your future focus on what you want but more than that who does god have to put in your life to help make everything god's put in your heart that's hidden right now come to pass come on y'all somebody ought to say today's the day come on today's the day today's the day so you got to get focused on what you want now listen I'm, i'm gonna tell you a revelation that i got i can't tell you when but sheila it was in Lancaster, so it must have been when I was in my 30s. In Lancaster, Texas, I can remember working out in my gym, and here is what came to me. It was a leadershipology. I wrote it down You do not get in life what you think you deserve, you get in life what you decide. And then the second download from God came, the second leadershipology. Most people in life get more of what they don't want rather than what they want because they never decide what it is that they want. And you know why? Because deep in all of us, there's something in us that says, I don't really believe what I want can happen because I can't see how it would happen. I can't see what I would need to do for it to happen. Do you know why why don't we go to church? Let's have a donut. Hi, I'm Gene. Typical man question, what do you do? Oh, I'm a treasure hunter. But we've been doing this for 10 years. Well, what are you looking for? You have a, there's this old ancient, oh, well, I'm actually Dr. Eugene Lyons. And um, Let me tell you what he would have said if he had the revelation. God brought you here to our little new startup church, not just so you can give millions here, although that's what you're going to do, because this is where you got your revelation, and this is where you met me, but I can read the map that you need to find a half a billion. Come on, y'all. Is anybody getting this? Come on. So if you're going to make today's the day, watch this. Number one, get focused on what you want. Number two, get the right map and directions. Can I just submit to you? This is it. That's why you need to be in the house of God. You need not only be taught the word and learn the word, but lead your life with the word of God. Read this word. Here's just what one chapter says. Just one chapter, Psalms 119, listen. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. I've tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Here's what the interpretation is. Sin means to miss the mark, to be off course. I will pursue your commands, for you expand my understanding. You you elevate my thinking. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Some of us have been focused on worthless things for too long. Get focused on the word of God. I will ponder the direction of my life. And I turned to follow you. You are good and you do only good. So teach me that. Teach me that. You made me, you created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. Would you put your hand on your head right now? Come on, everybody. Everybody do it. Come on, play along with me. Just play along. You might be new, but play along anyway. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, give me the sense to follow you. How many of you know, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with America. It's not common sense, although that would be a good thing. But it's God's sense. That's what America needs. That's what the world needs. Why? People have lost their minds. I probably shouldn't say this. So just go and close your ears. If you don't want to hear something, close your ears. I'm warning you. I was at Lifetime Fitness the other day, laying out by the pool, trying to be like my friend Alonzo, trying to get a little sheen to my shine, trying to get a little dark. What is it about white people? We don't like white. We want to be dark. Anyway, I'm laying there. Little 11-year-old boy walks up with a little 13-year-old boy. I wasn't paying much attention until the 11-year-old boy said, Hi, I'm 11. That's how he started. The boy said, Hi, I'm 13. I thought, Hmm. So I'm just laying there. And then the 11-year-old said, When you saw me, did you think I was a him, a her, or a they? And the 13-year-old said, I think you're a boy. So I tapped the 11 year old on the shoulder. I'm laying in the pool like this. I said, Do you have a penis? He said, Yes, sir. I said, You're a boy. I don't care what your parents say, I don't care what your teachers say. Listen, y'all,
1: we got to get some sense. This is crazy. What in the?
0: When you saw me, am I him or her or are they? The world without God is insane. Okay, that's enough. I told you to close your ears. And the church has followed it hook, line and sinker. Well, we just gotta love everybody. You know what, I love people too much not to tell them the truth. Man, Jesus. Okay, back to my message. Your word is a lamp. It's a guide to my feet, a light to my path. Your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. I rejoice in your word like one who discovers a great treasure. And then I love this. I will praise you seven times a day because all your regulations, all your word are just. And those who love your instructions, they will have great peace, which means prosperity, and they will not stumble. I think we need to take a praise break, church. I want you to stand up on your feet. Some of y'all hadn't praised God yet. Get up. Praise God. Praise Him. Today's the day. What are you believing for? It's gonna happen. Come on, praise Him like it's already happened. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, praise Him. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, today's the day. Stay standing. We have a part in this. It's not like, God, I need you. I got three wishes, genie and a bottle. God, here's what I'm believing for. You speak those things that are not as though they were. That's what Abraham did. That's what you do. You speak the word of faith. You know that your life follows your mouth. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I am. People ask me, how are you doing, Keith? I am wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Come on. I've got the favor of God. You've got the favor of God. Come on. Everywhere I go, God has prepared for me. He's prepared for me. People, places things, success. There's treasure in heaven with my name on it. I'm calling it down. I'm saying today's the day. It's the word of the Lord. Come on, y'all. You got to focus on what you want. Some of you need to get very serious. What do you want? Be the kind of person that can get it. Be the kind of person that can make it happen. But watch this. That's when you know what matters to you, but then get, a right, get around the right who's. Man, I had this dream. God, maybe you could use me in the church world. I didn't need to start a church, y'all. But you and I were doing very well. We were millionaires. I didn't need the headaches of small-minded, small-thinking people, and to try to help them think bigger. We were doing good we start this church, I have this dream. Maybe this can be an incubator of greatness. Maybe people can come in here and, wow, God can lift the lid off of their thinking and they can really discover that, wow, God, you're a big God. I've been thinking too small. Wow, God, you've got great things for me and for my family, for my children, for my children's children, for those that I'll never know about, but that I'm paving the way for. Wow. Maybe that could be this kind of place. And then when I started doing masterminds, I wanted to build rooms of incubators of greatness. It's like that would give specificity people in their personal lives and in their business and in their marriages. And man, guys, if we can get this right, wow, it'll take the lid off. But there's an investment, there's a cost. Wow. See, when you, when you truly are not just a believer and not just a Christian, but you're a kingdom mindseted person, listen to me. Here's the confidence that you get. I'm gonna put God first. I'm never gonna waver from that. Never gonna waver. I'm not gonna be up and down or my life will be up and down. So I'm gonna always give God the first dollar of every 10. I'm gonna be faithful at that. I'm gonna be a good steward of what he's given me even though it looks small. I'm gonna steward it well. <sighs> Pastor Sheila and I bought a home one time. It was so magnificent. And this, this, these people had kept impe- impec- impeccable records. And from the ground up, and they had passed away. And when I looked at their dream, and I saw what they'd built, I told Pastor Sheila, I said, I feel like God has given us the privilege on this earth to steward somebody's dream. You see, some of you are gonna live in houses you didn't build, but those people built it for you. God has a plan for you in the future. You see, some of you right now, you can't even fathom the things that God has for you. But when you're a good steward, God says, why wouldn't I give you more? Come on, why wouldn't I turn more over to you? The earth is the Lord's, it's the fullness thereof. You've gotta decide what you want. What matters most to you? What are my core values? How am I going to live my life and level myself up to what matters most? And then who am I supposed to be in alignment with? Who am I supposed to go through and grow through life with? Wow. I believe it starts at the house of God, y'all. There's a lot of people go to the church. Listen, they go to church just to check the box. They go to church because they agree with what the pastor says. They leave a church because it makes, if somebody gets their feelings hurt, they, they leave the church because, oh, I'm not getting fed there. They leave alignments all the time, and therefore they can make no progress. For 16 years, Mel Fisher, today's the day. Today's the day. And he's doing everything he can do, has spent all of his own money and other people's money. honey, Let's go to church. Walk in, pick up a donut, drinking coffee within five minutes. Hi, I'm Jean. Hi, Gene. You think you're meeting somebody. Hi, Gene. What do you do, Mel? I'm a treasure hunter. What are you looking for? A spanish galleon ship called a tosha, but we've got all these books. We can't interpret what it says. I'm sure Dr. Eugene picked up a donut at that point, took a bite and said, well, this is your lucky day. No, today's the day because that's how God works. When you get with the right people in the right place at the right time. Come on, church. I can read that. No church, no gene. No gene, no treasure. Every treasure that you have in your future, listen to me, every dream that you have in your future, everything that God has put in your heart is attached to the house of God, your faithfulness in the house of God, who God will bring into your life in the house of God. Watch this now. And you understanding that I've got to know what it is that I want. I've got to stay focused on that. Even when I don't see it happening. I've got to get the right map. Help people. Have people in my life that help me interpret that. Watch this now. And then here's the last thing. And I close. Do not stop. Do not stop. We live in a world full of quitters. One out of every two marriages, somebody quits. That's called a 50-50. If you've been divorced before, don't quit this time. Because the common denominator is everything you're a part of, you quit. Or somebody quits on you. And it's not because you're a bad picker. God wants to take the quit out of you. Why? You're his son. You're his daughter. What do you want? You've got to grow there before you go there. Don't stop. I close with this scripture. Here's here's what the Bible says, and I've said it all this whole time, but I want to give it to you. Deuteronomy 28, 12, and 13. The Lord, lift up your hands. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. The heavens, to give the rain to your land and its season to bless all the works of your hands. As you're lifting up your hands, say, God bless the works of my hands. Come on, say that. God bless the works of my hands. He said, I will bless the works of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, watch this, today, will be the day. Amen. Come on, y'all. Come on. Jesus. Two last things, bow your head. If you're here and you say, I don't know the Lord, right with God, and I want to get right today. Nobody moving, just for a second. I want to get right today. I know I, listen, that's your today's the day moment. Turn it over to God. Give up, man. Give up to God. The only thing you need to quit on is doing life your way. Please quit that and start living life God's way. Start doing your marriage God's way. That's why we have a marriage class here. Every Wednesday night, that's why we have Mighty Men every Saturday morning, we wanna help equip you. That's why we do around here. All that we do is to help equip you. So everybody pray this prayer with me. But before you do, who here needs to get your life right with God? On three, slip your hand. One, two, three. Come on. just slip it up all across this place. Yes, yes. Anybody else? I got to get it right, man. Get it right. Get it right or it won't be right. Your marriage won't be right. Your business won't be right. Your money won't be right. Anybody else? You can put your hands down. Everybody pray this out loud with me. You don't have to say it loudly. Just say it out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me where I've missed it for my sin. My missing the mark. I give you my life, my past, my present, my future, everything that I'm a part of, I give it to you, God. From this day forward, lead me, guide me, don't leave me alone. Help me never again to focus on meaningless things. In Jesus' name. God's good. Today's the day. Today's the day. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to be notified of our latest episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. That way, you know when a new episode has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, visit elevate.live forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.